everybody, we are so excited that you are joining us today. Today, we're going to talk about indoctrination. You know, the bread and butter of the evangelical movement and any other high control religion. That's right. We have an incredible WAP for you today. It's designed to make you think, hmm, should I rededicate my life so that I don't get left behind? Anyway, sit back or lace up your shoes and walk a lap. But enjoy this show. Thanks. Hey, Joanna, how's your walk? Oh, Joshua, I thought you'd never ask. Oh, it has been a walk. It has been quite... I, I how long has it been since we've been it, together? I feel it's like been a, while. It's a been lot a has happened, minutes. you know. Yeah. Um I've been on a break from school and it has not I have not enjoyed it. I'll be honest with you. I don't like I don't like having no I don't like having an uh, an absence of deadlines and craziness in my life apparently. Um so um so yeah, I've just been in kind of just trying to spend time with family and the kids and um, it's been kind of a boring run around here. Um, other than it being so cold here in Michigan where What's I live. The temp? What's the temp? Um, last night it was negative 20 degrees, uh, was the wind chill. That's so, not, that doesn't exist. Yeah, it was That's real. Not true. That can't yeah, be possible. It was horrible. It was That's horrible. I I had so many layers. It was bad. Um today I think it's like two degrees outside, and then the wind chill's like negative twelve or something like that. So um, Can I just it tell is you something real quick? Brutal. It is fifty degrees here in California. There's yeah. a light drizzle. Screw I you. Fire going. <laughs> Screw you. I've literally, I, oh, and my car broke down because of the cold. I was driving and all the belts on my engine just broke. Oh my God. And so because of the cold, I had to spend like a thousand dollars to fix my, my car. Have you ever been in cold, this cold before? Uh, yes, but this is the coldest I think it's been since I've been an adult. So it's just been miserable nothing all my faucets are running right now we have to keep all our water running so the pipes don't freeze it's insane so i am living in an ice box here that's that's how my walk's going it's cold it's frozen my toes are frozen in my walk right now so sounds like it might be a heart condition too joanna your heart <laughs> might be a little cold yeah yeah well joshua how how's your walk oh my walk let's wow it's been a bit of a roller coaster um <clears throat> so my job is getting busier um like my company's constantly trying to find new ways to add work to our seasons um mm. and i work you know it's a weird job i work a very seasonal job but i were i do it year round and so they're starting to implement more work during different seasons and so it's just getting causing me to get a little busier and um so i had a really long two-week commitment of and i work from home most of the time and then i have to commute and my commute when i do have to commute it's like you know an hour and a half there an hour and a half back so it's kind wow. of wow it's a lot well, you know joshua this is a season 
<laughs> it is a season. <laughs> and I get so much quiet time in the car with the Lord. You know, I just, my yeah. prayer life has never been better. <laughs> Honestly, though, that sentence right there, I used to say shit. Uh, like I think we all did, right? Like, it's my secret place. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Oh, yeah. I, I, I pray the most in the car. Bullshit. I listen I think to I just got Hank Stephanie. I just got Stephanie. <laughs> It's my hiding place. Uh, <laughs> it's my your war room. Your war room. Place. The closet. Does anybody remember the movie War my Room? Holy of of holy. course I do. Oh, I was just I was just talking about. Um, oh, what is that stupid movie with Kirk Cameron? Um, all of them. All of all of them. Fireproof. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, do y'all remember the Love Dare? That's fun. Do you remember in Fireproof when they broke the computer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw a clip of that. I was going to do a thing on it. Um, just how ridiculous that is. Like he he takes a bat to it and then he puts flowers and you're worth more than the computer. Um if that were me, I'd be like, thanks, dipshit. Now we have to buy a new computer. Yeah, totally. Like who's going to fucking pay <laughs> like, for the computer? Yeah, you had to remove I, I the computer. You didn't get rid of your addiction. You just <laughs> got rid of the thing that leads you to it. Yeah, you'll totally. literally go buy a nudie magazine now uh-huh. when I don't when I'm not around. Totally. Like, hey, did you save any of my fucking files on that computer? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you're struggling, but uh, I think that's in the deleted scenes. The that's the deleted scene. Why? Why didn't he just get covenant eyes? Because we all know because it works. Yeah. <laughs> like, Uh, he didn't want to break his addiction that's the thing like he wanted wanted to get rid of it easier it's easier to live in your sin absolutely i mean honestly it's like craig groeschel (laughs) traveling with another dude to like protect him from whatever the fuck he needs protecting from and it's that right like it's you break the computer instead of fix the problem like come on that's insane (laughs) But anyways, my walk is great. Um, I'm just busy. I'm trying to figure out life. Prez and I are, we have a lot of music on the horizon for us. Um, We're like starting to set deadlines for songs that we're writing and recording and all of that. And so we are, we set a deadline. We have a song that we're going to release here. Actually, probably by the time this podcast is released, the song should be released as well. Um, and it's weird. So this song for me has been incredible, but it's been a fight. It's, it's a weird song. It's like one guitar and vocal, but I cannot get it right for the life of me. I cannot, I've recorded this song. Literally, I've probably done 15 different sessions with different microphones and different rooms and all this to try and get the right, like feel for this song. Um, so it's just been a fight, but it, it, the song feels worth it. And so it's been fun but that's been like my main focus other than work and and music and all that present i kind of set some goals for the new year which we're excited about so well the devil only goes after those that are a threat so Mm, yeah Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that you know i need i think the devil's confusing the sound waves of your guitar between (laughs) the source and the mic so can you both just pray a prayer of boldness over me as I walk through this next season? Yeah. <laughs> In, for such a time as this. For, yeah. That's funny. I forgot to add. Um, I, I guess in this dead time, I'm also um, I'm releasing a brand new EP in February. So um, that'll be coming out. It's called Freedom. 
So I love that. It's exciting. Tell, yeah. Real quick, because you haven't talked much about the music that you make here. What is it? Tell us. Oh boy. Um, so, I mean, I'm still in the worship world, which is so interesting being a trans woman. Um, but I make, I basically make Christian music that um, is from a queer lens. And so sometimes my music is like, you can play it in church and other times um, you get fired for playing it in church. So that's kind of the range um, of my music. And I actually wrote a song with Stephanie that is awesome. It's kind of angry Yay. and I love it. I Ooh. love it. I want to hear yeah. it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. I well, am, She pushed me. She pushed me a lot and it was, it was, I needed it. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah, I did. I pushed you because I see where you have a, just so much space to grow. I, this yeah. really feels like something I would have told somebody seven years ago. Like, look, Joanna, the way that I see you, like God mm -hmm. has given me this vision that you it's like you're a you're a horse inside of a pasture but there's all of these fences around and mm, and god mm, yeah. wants me to tell you you have blinders on right so god wants me to tell you that you need to remove the blinders and you need to yeah. take that step where Come you on. just leap over those fences and you go into new territory and you just allow him to expand the walls of your heart and expand the walls yeah. of your influence. Well, what oh I see also God. in these walls, since we're having a prophetic moment together, mm. it, with the walls, there's also the ceiling. And what you have been doing is opening the latch of the attic. But what you've been doing this now? whole time is you have been actually been building a room without me knowing you're up there. And what you're doing is you're putting the ladder into my room and all of a sudden, my your your floor like my ceiling is now the new floor because of you <laughs> would you say that it's a big big house with lots and you know, lots of room i just want to chime in here and say <laughs> that you know i think what we're searching for is a new wineskin <laughs> and yes and it's a matter of obedience you know truly if we were to be obedient before the lord then we would get those new wineskins and we would find our promised land. You might you know, have to smash like, your computer to get we that. We are all fluent, stuff. like absolutely fluent in <gasps> bullshit. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my fucking God. Like we all speak bullshit so well. Like honestly, <laughs> you could take nothing and be like, yeah, I just, I have a headache. Pray for me. And then, you know, it turns into someone there through the mountains god <laughs> come down we're all fluent in fucking bullshit we're all fluent in making so something true. stephanie that, started it <laughs> i know but it's like something that is not that meaningful we could give so much meaning. okay i'm gonna interrupt the man stephanie how are you how's your walk <laughs> well i was just thinking about this um my my son my son had his um his birthday yesterday and we were out to we were out to lunch um there's a pizza place near us that uh, my kids just love to go to on their birthday and so we went there and my daughter said what is jesus's favorite drink or what is what does jesus order at a restaurant and i was like water because he turns it to wine, so he doesn't have to Hell pay yeah. for alcohol. He just orders water. And um, my other son said, 
I bet he'd be an interesting person to bring to a party. And I was like, Jesus is the best person to bring to a party and the worst person to bring to a funeral. And they said, why? And I was like, because he wakes the dead. Like, you know, he's so we all got a laugh out of that. But here's what's interesting is there is somebody that our um, our server came to our table and looked at my daughter, looked at me and she's like, did you guys used to go to such and such church? And that was the no. mega church. And I was oh. like, yes, we did. <laughs> we sure did. She's like, I remember your daughter. She was my favorite. And um, I remember you guys. And I just, I just like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm, that was my I'm sorry. kid your favorite? Um, and just what you want to hear from somebody yeah. who was yeah. alone with your kid. Yeah. Your kid was, your my, kid was my favorite. Um, and I, she, She's like, do you guys still go there? No, 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 we don't. And hell, like, yeah, hell neither. no. Yeah, she goes, yeah, neither do I. But my sister is one of the um, like pastors at like kids pastors at one of the campuses. And I said, isn't isn't that something? <laughs> um, and uh, I said, but but you don't but you don't go. And she's like, no, I've just I've got a lot of stuff that's going on and, and, you know, work. And I said, yeah, we don't go cause we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, she just like looked at me and she goes, yeah, I, I mean, I mean the same. And I said, yeah, uh, this church just kind of burnt us out, um, you know, on everything. And she's like, yeah, it does that. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I think we're just done. And she goes, yeah, I, I feel that. And I said, because it's a cult. And she said, she looked at me, she turns it because she's walking away. She turns around. She goes, it absolutely is a cult. I've been trying to tell my whole family this for so long. It's a, it, And she, you know, it was just so interesting how it went from, Do you guys used to go. And she brought that energy, that mega church energy. And I was like, I don't have the space in my Ugh. life to match this energy. Like, right. I can't even conjure this up if I tried. I could do it in a skit making fun of it, but <laughs> I couldn't, like, I can't naturally come up with that energy anymore. So it was a, it was an interesting experience for sure. Um, my walk is good. It's it, one of my kids has uh, influenza A that sucks. Um, and I, this week is supposed to be like a really big week for me. I'm supposed to go to the Capitol, um, not, dc but washington state um and march on the capitol yeah and be part of a (laughs) a big like it's showed up to the wrong capitol (laughs) (laughs) um it's part of the coalition to end child marriage and i i'm on i'm in this coalition and i'm supposed to give a speech and it's a whole thing um that's thursday uh but my kid has the flu and I am pretty sure I will not be going to said thing because you know how you can just sort of start feeling yourself kind of getting run down. I'm like, I, I, even if it doesn't hit hard, yeah, yeah, even if it doesn't hit hard, it's like, I can't show up. It's the flu. This isn't like a, well, if you're Republican, I know, (laughs) I know I could, and I could wear a mask, but like the whole point is to have tape over our mouth to show that we're having to be silent and complicit in the patriarchy and all this stuff. So it's like, it's like a big deal. And 
it's been planned. I've been planning this with them since like September. Um, so it's frustrating. And um, I haven't even truly begun to think about processing my feelings through it, but um, it's a bummer. So mm. anyway, um, but hopefully I'll still be able to go to the bill signing, assuming the Senate, um, the state Senate passes because it passed you, unanimously you in the House. You spoke there, right? You spoke to the I House? have been um, with with cong- uh, congressional uh, members and and Senate so it's something oh, we've wow. really been working on lobbying and I was supposed to go to meetings with senators this week and oh well um so when are you running for Congress I'm not sure I can <laughs> I feel like I'm a really problematic <laughs> candidate <laughs> I mean um, there's a lot of other that does not seem to be an issue I think yeah. you'd be all right <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it would be, it'd be fun, I'm sure, but I'm not sure that I also have it in me to have that level of scrutiny um, on me and, and my family. I just sort of, I, I think that anxiety would really overwhelm me to have that microscope on me at all moments. It's just, yeah. um, I, I like the ability to to be able to live my life at least at this point and my social media hasn't gotten out of hand to the point where i don't have um anonymity so i um i can still go to the grocery store and not have people come up to me which is great yeah so because joshua talked about how it was really odd when he had that mega viral video yeah, that was mm-hmm. true. And people were recognizing him, and it's just a lot. So yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, especially like it was so taken out of context too. That's what was so interesting about it is it's like it was really just intended yep. for your TikTok audience, and next thing I know, it's like fifty million or so. I don't even know where it's 20, at now. Twenty six million. But it's it's honestly it's weird because it still gets likes and it still gets favorites and stuff now. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so out of context from the time. It's a great lesson in <laughs> social media. Like because yeah. it's it's so out of context of the time. You know, that was a commentary on the the people calling to boycott Target because they're making up all this fake bullshit about how they're pushing this trans agenda on kids you know yeah Yeah. and it just got taken to the other side of tiktok what a weird ride that was i've been (laughs) on there i've been on i've been on conservative tiktok for the last couple weeks it's been a ride it has been a ride (laughs) but i net i'm netting more followers which is really weird like people i don't know people are getting like angry at the people getting mad so they just start following me I don't know. <laughs> they just want to know what hate they can have that's coming next. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm dealing with a video. I made a video a couple months ago about a guy who um well one of my followers sent me this. He's um they're a mutual of mine and it's this um it's in their their town that they live in in the in the south and this guy 
had this genius idea and he built almost like a warehouse thing where vendors come and um, there's live music, there's food trucks, there's all like, this is great. It brings the community together. It's awesome. But then with the remainder of the property, he decided that he would build some doomsday type bunker, but it actually like it has individual rooms and these doors are soundproof like it it actually looks sort of like a a serial killer den um and what happened is because nothing is permitted like he just has raw sewage i mean nothing i mean it's so so bad there's like the electrical is problematic the sewage everything but because it's on the same property as the space with all the vendors the city came and shut it down. And so all of these vendors have lost their supplemental incomes. And for some people, it's their full income. And this was just before Thanksgiving. So I did a thing on it. And I said, this is what happens with indoctrination. Like this, this dude is learning this from his church because this guy is also saying, well, Jesus is asking me to build this. And no, Jesus isn't asking, like, I'm pretty sure your pastor probably is. Um, And now all these people are out of a job. So I made a video and now I have those people, you know, the people from the South, the people that voted to have Trump win the Iowa caucus. That's that's who I have on my TikTok now. So, you know, it got some views back in November, but now it is kicked back up with all of those incels that live under rocks and bridges um so i get that i don't even look at the comments anymore i mean i just i i stopped i stopped paying attention back in november so it's just it's just them coming on there and commenting but they're Mm -hmm. kind of staying to their own little corner right there so i don't care yeah this conspiracy theory stuff that is just taking over christianity um is it's alarming because if it's said by the pastor, it's it's gospel truth. And I mean, th- this this happened back during the last election. The a church I used to work for, there was a bunch of people calling for it to like calling for them to make my old church like a civil war base. They were like, let's bring all our guns to the church. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. But the pastors were like pushing it and like oh, encouraging wow. it. So it's just, it's insane how it's, it's especially pervasive right now in Christianity because it's being pushed by the Greg Locks of the world and the, you know, all the, all the loud uh, televangelists mm-hmm. and, and, if the televangelist says it, the the small megachurch pastor starts saying it, and then, then it just catches on like wildfire. Mm. Yeah. Hey, did you know that we have a Patreon? And you could subscribe to that Patreon and get some bonus content. We know you got that extra 10% just kicking around now, so uh, feel free to jump on board. We'd appreciate the help. Um, I have an idea. So I have something that I'm going to do, but I I would like to sort of lighten the mood before I go into that. Um, okay. 
So I was hoping that we could, because we were going to do this before WAP, but I think it would be kind of fun just to like move into WAP and then um, I can I can talk about what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, has a bomb she's going to drop on us. Yeah. And, and they, they have not been letting me know, just for all the listeners, for some reason, they won't let me know what's about to happen after. <laughs> so I have yeah. never heard this. You're going to have to wait till after WAP. Or yeah. It's a mystery WAP. It's an abstinent WAP. I, it is what I, a WAP waiting for marriage is what it is. You know, uh, it's that fits so well into what it is that I was going to talk about. Um, and I, I think, yeah, and I think maybe, um, you know, and after I, I will I will ask if it's something that you think I should make a part of of this of this thing. Like I do this, you know, once a month or once every whatever. Um, Let's but, see if our hearts can handle yeah. what you're going to bring us from okay. hearts are in the right place. But yeah. I think we should move into wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Worship and praise. Wah, 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 wah. Um, Worship and Joshua, what's, what's wah, wah. You know, my WAP song, um, I would say, gave way, it was kind of like the gateway drug for a lot of a lot of us modern worshipers, you know? Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're talking about indoctrination. We're going to, mm-hmm. moving into, I, I feel like we should have, I should have at least said this, moving into an election year, um, I think that it's important to remember how and acknowledge how the mega church is an indoctrination factory right now. Ooh. And yeah. they really start with, the youth. And so we're going to talk about how indoctrination happens um, in, in youth group. And because that's, that's when Joanna and Joshua entered, I've been indoctrinated since the cradle, but um, they really hone in on specific age groups. So um, that being said, we tried to choose WAP songs that really, um, that emphasized that. Yep indoctrination yeah so this song every day by hillsong worship and Mm. this is a song that really for for me was like a crossover song in the sense of i was you know leading vineyard and all these songs that i could try and make is like palatable as possible and then all of a sudden hillsong drops and every day is like, whoa, this song's a bop. Whoa, it feels kind of more like a like a modern rock song. Um, it doesn't sound exactly like fucking U two, like Delirious does. Like, oh, this is this is okay. Like, and so, but the thinking through these these words and this song was designed. This was written by a high school ministry um, for high schoolers and. <clears throat> But it's what to say, Lord, it's you who gave me life and I can't explain just how much you mean to me now that you've saved me, Lord. I give all that I am to you that every day I can be a light that shines your name. Again, all of us fluent in bullshit. Um, like what is being said there? It's a lot of words saying a very little bit. Um, and then the chorus is every day, Lord, I learn to stay. Oh, sorry. Every day it's you. I live for every day. I'll follow after you every day. I walk with you, my Lord. And this like every day it's you. It's so catchy. It's so poppy. It gets stuck in your head. And, and it's like, what a better tool 
to indoctrinate someone than a catchy tune. Like, and, and so you find yourself yep. singing this, it's you, I live for every day. Like this idea of, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about um, that idea of, you know, lean not on your own understanding. And I think that that might be one of the most toxic verses in the whole Bible. This, um, and, and to me, this kind of drives that, that idea home. Like you don't understand why, but you just need to do it and live every day for this. There's my motherfucking wop. That really was an interesting song. Um, That one, I don't feel like that one um, was a part of my youth group necessarily. I don't remember that being youth group. I remember that being early young adult. It's you I live for every day. Isn't it? I'll walk with you alone. Isn't that like I'm these lyrics? It's like every day. It's you. I live, live for every, every day. day. Yep. Follow after. And then you have that big bridge at the end. It's you. I live for every day. Oh my gosh. It's you. I live for. <laughs> Add that to, did you hear the mountains tremble? I don't know. Uh, That's a party geez. is what that is. You know, he did feel the mountains tremble, mountains of his piles of cash <laughs> trembling into his fucking pockets. Man, they made so much money off these songs. It's crazy. Yeah. Joanna. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. So this song, it, okay, my, my WAP today is All Day by Hillsong. Um, every day, all day, every day, all day. Um, this song created was like this, another like fun, poppy, poppy tune. But actually, if you think about the lyrics, it actually evoked a lot of guilt in people for not reading their Bible, like constantly. So like this song, here's the lyrics says, I don't care what it costs anymore because you gave it all and I will follow you more. So like these are the lyrics, uh, cause I love you and I'll follow because if I love, you know, I have to say like, cause I love you, I will read my Bible and pray. I will follow you all day, all day, Nice rhyme. all day, yeah, all day. I will follow you. And this is, <laughs> but this idea that like, we have to read our Bible, we have to be like so consumed yeah. with this book. And if we're not reading, I had somebody this week getting all over me on TikTok and all bent out of shape because I said, I don't have to believe the Bible is a, is a, you know, scientific account to be a Christian or whatever. And they're like, you, are you reading the, are you reading your Bible every day? Cause if you read it every day, oh, no, no, like it doesn't like, why is this a thing? Like, this was a thing that we did to teenagers. We're like, you have to be in the, in the word every day, every day. It's yep. like, no, that's not reality, you know? And also, no. <laughs> and that <laughs> so, perpetuates the guilt, right? Because right, if right. you're not, then you're feeling guilty. and You're not as you, good of a Christian. Right. Exactly. And then that's why you need to keep coming back to church and getting closer right. to God because obviously something's not working. And if you're getting bored with the Bible, it's something spiritually wrong with you. No, it's because you're sitting down and reading the same damn book every day. That already like, <laughs> doesn't make sense. Like, is like, it, yes, 
you know, yeah. of course you're getting bored in the book of numbers. Like <laughs> you're, you're 14 years old. Like this is so boring to you, you know, like, yeah, I just, anyway, I want to be one of those today. people. Did you have, are you reading your Bible? That shit's not just like putting you to fucking sleep. Gosh, yeah. Every day. Some guys like you, you're not hearing from the spirit of God unless you're reading it every day. And I was like, hmm, show me where it says that in yeah, your book. Where is that? It doesn't book? say that in that book anywhere. Yeah. They didn't even have this book when they were fucking doing this shit back then. So how could they even be in the word every day? Right. It's, it's, right. <laughs> come on. It's called logic. Yeah. The Acts 2 church wasn't a biblical church. So no. <laughs> what are you going to, what are you going to do with that bitch? <laughs> It's my my pastoral voice there, bitch. <laughs> Steph, mm-hmm. what you got? Let's see well, that what's in this. What's in the barrel of this gun? Yeah. Here? Well, af- after we've partied hard with every day mm-hmm. and and all day, thank you, and all day, um, we're gonna move into all something night? that's going to. Um, manipulate the hearts of the youth and make them realize they're terrible. Mm, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that whatever it is the pastor's going to preach will hit home. They'll make big life decisions and they'll devote their life to serving Jesus. So we're, uh, we're going to go with refiner's fire. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like I just got punched. Yeah. Purify I, my heart. I'm going to play it. I know it by heart. Yes, I do. I do want you to play it. Pull out wow. your guitar. Josh was pulling out his guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let me be as gold and precious silver refines fire my heart's one desire his to be sing it out I love oh how gosh. it's like the worship leader would always get so excited, even though they're playing a really tender moment. It's like, set yeah. apart God. And then, and then everyone's then ha- got their coffee cup in their hand, not doing anything. Just like. <laughs> if you're just listening, I have the uncanny ability to play most 90s worship songs by heart. Yeah, that was impressive. I can't remember shit. In my normal life, but I can play <laughs> any fucking Maranatha vineyard song out there. Wow. Yeah. And and Refiner's Fire, that was a big one for um, Assemblies of God and some some Southern Baptists. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that it breached Pentecostal because they sort of have their own. Um, Pentecostal has like their own worship, but... Um, I know for sure AG 
that was that was a huge song for that. And then some um, so first, you know, some other churches and everything, but non-doms and that sort of thing. Um, what about doms? <laughs> oh, jeez. Say more. <laughs> Say more. Hey, Nunners, it's Joanna. I'm not going to be like my co-host and say that the asking for money part of the show is awkward because I don't feel awkward about it. I want all your money. I want you to open the entire contents of your wallet and empty it into the offering bucket today. I'm tired of eating Top Ramen. So thanks. Go to our Patreon and give. That'd be great. I have a treat for you today. Moving from WAP. Um, Stephanie's treats. <laughs> Speaking of indoctrination, these books, they're called spring song books. And each book was named, had a girl's name on it. And um, it looks like this. This one's Andrea. Can I describe the... It's like the, an American Girl book please? almost. It does. This is exactly what it looks... It, it does. It looks like American Girl, but it's for teenagers. It's for teenagers like roughly between the ages of, you know, 14 to 17. Yeah. And what you have is like really bad design, like teared out squares and then mm-hmm. a picture of someone wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Mm-hmm. She's got her knee up. It's like a like a it's like a yearbook pose. It looks like a senior photo. This looks like something that would happen in Saved by the Bell. Yep. And um, then she's got ramen hair. Like her Totally, hair. totally. And then she's got um she's she's white. Um Of course. And she ha- there's a motorcycle behind her. It's a very like leader of the pack yeah. song um from the what is it, the nineteen sixties? Are they trying um, to paint? Because you know what's inside this book. Let me ask mm-hmm. you a question. Book judge b- the book by the cover. Is this Andrea? Is she painted as kind of a bad girl in the yes. book? Yes, yeah. oh, because there's a motorcycle. Because there's a motor, and she's wearing her Canadian tuxedo. She's wearing denim on denim. So she's also wearing docks, dock boots uh, with no socks. Which Ooh. scandalous? Yeah, her ankles are showing. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, and she has loose. she has um silver hoop earrings like like oh like yeah that's slutty. Yeah. super totally slutty. totally I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say this is pre Jesus if I know where this is going it, yeah, this- you know it is <laughs> it is so I'm gonna give you a book BC. review BC yeah um I'm gonna give you a book review and uh, just letting you know there's like I think there's like over twenty or thirty of these types of books so. Hold on. Is this what we're doing? We're doing book reviews. I'm going to review this book for you. Yeah. We're going to be let in on what's going on in this book. Do I just you, right? I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, absor- no. we're ab- consuming and responding. Well, yep. you know, the devil wants you to just be a consumer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. Not just inter- entertainment. It's entertainment. Entertainment. Well, y'all. This book is called Andrea. It's by Gloria Chisel. Andrea, it says the accident changed her life. Would she ever be happy again? That's <laughs> <laughs> so what it says right here. So here's the deal. Andrea, the book starts out with Andrea running in to the emergency department oh, no. because she found out that her boyfriend was in a motorcycle accident and he was on his way home from her house. She's 17. He is 
I think a year or two older than her. Oh, older man. Older man. Yep. 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 And he that drives a motorcycle. Andrea. Yep. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Already. So yep. much scandal. Motorcycle. So she goes in there. She Off goes road. in there and her boyfriend's family is in there. Her boyfriend's name is Neil. That's an, that's an important name. Okay. So she meets Grady or she sees Grady. Now Grady and her are in the same grade. Um, and Grady's parents, of course, because that's Neil's family. Wait, so, so Neil and Grady are brothers? They're brothers, yeah. They're both named these names? They are, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neil and Grady. Neil both and Grady. These are very, out there. very 1980, 1990, uh, like youth group school. Could you yeah. imagine calling a baby Neil? Like it's like a little three. Oh, here. Hi, Neil. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> so already this, this is the scene she walks into. Um, Grady is kind of starting to like his lower lip is starting to tremble. And his mom looks at him and says, we need to pray like we've never prayed before. I dedicated Neil to God when he was a baby and his life is in the Lord's hands. Cause that that's absolutely mm-hmm. what would happen mm-hmm. in there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Andrea Speaking says, as yeah, a chaplain, yes, that is yeah. what would happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Um, they don't need a chaplain. They have Jesus. Let's yeah. Heard that um, before. So then Andrea it feels like, well, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to acknowledge the fact that they, they smoked pot before <laughs> he left. No, they smoked the devil's lettuce. They did. They smoked pot. And then he got on his motorcycle and left. And um, then of course he dies. He dies. He died from pot. He I died from the accident. From pot. Yes. Are we Joanne. allowed to make, are we allowed to make predictions before you keep yes. going? <gasps> yes. She's pregnant, isn't she? No. See, they could have worked in abortion. They could have worked in abortion, right? No, no. Don't you worry. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. All right. They will. Every single (laughs) thing that can attack, everything that can attack the teens of America is in this book. I'm relieved. And how how the Christians can combat it. Yeah. Are there creepy conversations with youth pastors in there? No. Oh shoot! Not the full teen experience then. <laughs> yeah, no, not not yet. No, um, there there is kind of a creepy conversation with some youth group girl's dad in the main character, but the, it's it's glazed over. It's nothing. It's nothing. He gives her a, he gives her a job at his diner. He just touches it's, her back. Yeah. yeah, he's a deacon. It's cool. It's it's fine. It's fine. He touches everybody. So, he talks to. So so. You know what? Neil dies. Show some fucking respect. So oh Neil my dies. god! You're just gonna drop this fucking bomb. Yeah, I just like said that? it, and you didn't. Yeah. So Neil right. dies, Such and a then um, within a couple a days, moment of silence for Neil, real quick. No. I mean, okay. No? Neil's a bad boy. Okay. He's sorry. the devil. Neil's in hell. Yeah. We don't stop for the devil. Neil no. is licking Satan's taint right now. So yeah. 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 <laughs> or is he? Then within like a few days, Grady asks her out on a date. A brother. Uh huh. The brother. The brother asks her out on a date to a Christian concert. So they go to a date. Um, (laughs) This Christian concert is by a band called Dayspring. And I think that they're probably a lot like Audio Adrenaline or Fee. 
by the way that it's described. Fee. Yeah, fee. Fee. I said fee. <laughs> Does that oh bring you God. back? Glory to God forever. <laughs> oh, he was the MG. original singer of uh, Sonic Flood. He's one of the original sinners too. Yeah, he, like he, oh yeah, on his he, wife or something. He did. Didn't he? For a lot, I think he had like a six-year affair or something like that that he got caught in. His problem was getting caught, apparently. I know. Um, he wasn't so, that great of a pastor. So they go to this concert, and y'all, this is. I'm going to read you some quotes mm. from the concert. Okay. Oh, this yeah, is two weird. days after the death of yeah, her boyfriend, three. his like brother. Three. Okay. So they made God sound so well, so personal through the person of Jesus Christ. Could it be possible that God actually spent his valuable time thinking about me? Andrea Marie Lyons? I wasn't sure I liked that. God probably held high expectations for my life and how how could I possibly live up to them? I had excluded God from my life and now my very best friend, the center of my life was dead. I had no desire to live, so lately I resorted to either smoking pot or drinking beer <laughs> until I passed out, or at least until I forgot the misery I felt inside. If God really cared, why didn't he do something? He gave his son who gave, oh, by the way, the, the lead singer says this. He gave his son who gave his life for you. The Bible says if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. It's your move now. And then the speaker says, you don't have anything to lose and everything to gain. And then she accepts Jesus and Grady hesitantly slips his arm around her shoulders and she buries her head in his chest, letting the tears soak into his shirt. Grady got a spiritual boner. He totally did. <laughs> and then. Oh, he was waiting for that. that yeah. was, and then, by the that's way. That's why he wanted her to go there. He gave the her the A-frame hug because he didn't, you know. Um, this needs to be known that her mom is single, broken home, of and is dating a guy who practically lives with them. Um, and he's kind of a bad boy, too. And the mom wants nothing to do with Jesus. So naturally, Andrea goes home and then says, um, you know, she's telling first off, she's telling the mom, like, I gave my life to Jesus. And she also, um, but before that, she actually tells her best friend that she gave her life to Jesus. And she goes, at the end, the leader told us that we could know Jesus Christ personally. I tried to choose my words carefully. He asked us to repeat, to repeat a prayer. So I did. I felt really different inside. I don't hurt so much about Neil anymore. And so then she's like trying to say, you should have Jesus too. Anyway, then she tells her mom, I became a Christian at the concert last night. I asked Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and come into my life. And then the mom's like, this is really ridiculous. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Basically. And um, then she said, but mom, it made such a difference inside of me. I feel different. I still miss Neil, but some of the hurt is gone. And then, you know, they go on about their life. Um, why is then, nobody listening to the mom? The mom right. Why is nobody listening? And then here's an interaction with the mom's boyfriend. Uh, I hear you're into God now. Chuck mentioned nonchalantly during a commercial. Into Chuck, God? Dude. Chuck, right? I became a Christian, if that's what you mean. He says, I used to be one. 
It was right before I married a Carolyn. Then she died three years later. I gave up on everything, including God. You know, this was obviously written by someone who has had zero life experience. Like yeah. they're these like cartoony. I'm doing pot and having beer now. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting because the reason the reason why I'm I mean because we're going to talk about indoctrination and the reason why this book is actually like really important to review is because I get to see it now from the opposite side and. They're still writing this from the perspective of of Christians, but every time that somebody puts up a boundary or gives pushback, they immediately exclaim that it's persecution, like without hesitation, it's persecution. For instance, what the pastor said tonight is for everyone, Terry. Terry's one of her rebel friends. I began, Jesus died for you too. Terry nodded. I know that, but I'm not sure I need him like you do. I've got rich. I'm satisfied with my life. I think it's great for you. What if you weren't satisfied? Being, I mean, being satisfied isn't really the issue. It's whether Jesus died for us or not. I believe he did. So she just like keeps proselytizing. And then eventually somebody says, hey, like Terry says, you need to lay off. If I want God, I'll tell you I want God. And then she says, in the meantime, I'll pray for you. Someone must have prayed for me. Yeah. So it's just over and over and over. But then, then y'all, Grady makes his move. Oh, yeah. This was all pre-calculated by Grady. Yeah. Um, These are bad people. Like These are, yeah. Yeah. God had definitely. They're using God to get laid totally listen to this this is her thinking god had definitely filled a large void in my life but i couldn't help feeling a need to touch someone a flesh and blood someone Ooh, we're getting steamy yeah well i don't i mean i don't know about that um to paraphrase the story though it we have we have a, a a person with their girlfriend, they smoke pot and then he drives, which is not a good idea mm-hmm. and then dies. Yeah. And then like she's three days later at a concert with her brother's dead brother's boyfriend. And then it, this is they're awful people. They're terrible people. Yeah. Well, this is her telling her mom she needs Jesus. Yeah. Um, her mom says, no, thanks. It's not for me. Everything's going fine. I don't need religion. And then Andrea says, it's not religion. It's a relationship. <laughs> we've got all, we've got all the cliches in here. This is um, what Christians wow. do though. They mess up and then make their mess up about everybody else's, like everybody else's problem, right? Like, totally. I used to be, I used to have this guy that used to come up to me all the time and be like, Hey, um, you should get into my porn ministry. You know, we, we deal with porn addiction. I'm like, I don't struggle with that, bro. Like, but it was his struggle that he was forcing on all of these. Guys. And also projecting that all men would wrestle with that. Yes, and then exactly. it would be a problem. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. like, no, yep. it's not our fault. It's not like, don't push your thing on me because you keep stealing your wife's credit card and maxing it out on porn. Exactly. No one else is doing that. <laughs> like, right? yeah, yeah. Like, we're not the ones who got high and rode a mit- motorcycle. Like now you're forcing Jesus on me. Leave me alone. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, 
She asks Grady if he's ever been in love, and he responds, Just for the record, I don't think I've ever been in love, but if loving a girl is anything like loving Jesus, it must be great. (laughs) Oh my gosh. When you draw him in close and you feel his chest and skin on your skin. Yep. Mm. And then he says, because he's trying to tell her, I really like you. And she's like, I don't know about that. Here's a boundary. He says, you know what? You know what the problem is? Is you're not letting Neil go. Neil's in heaven. He's not coming back. Wait. You just need to let him go. This is the brother. Oh, Oh, because he was saved before because he's from a Christian family. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, "You, you just need to let Neil go. And he's in heaven. He's never coming back. But I'm here. Y'all, it's been a month since her boyfriend of a year died. And, and his he, brother died. Yeah. He's but then it gets worse. Him. Y'all, it gets worse because, yeah, she's saved. But you know what? She gets upset with the dude. She gets upset. So she goes to a party where his best friend is there. And <clears> he just like lures her down to the basement and then he tries to kiss her and then he's like neil told me that you were easier than this and then he tries to force herself so she's like pushing him off but there's a ton of alcohol and pot and it's like a whole thing this i i've never seen i i went through public school and let me tell you this was not the scene that i remember seeing um And then, you know, she goes home and she gets out on a blanket and she reads her Bible in the backyard like a good Christian girl. Um, But it's just it just goes on and on. And then she has a conversation with one of her best friends and her best friend is pregnant and wanting to get an abortion. And then she's like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you would choose murdering babies over over having one. Wow. Yeah. And it just it just really gets in deep for that. How, how old were you when you were reading this? Fifteen. That's insane. Yeah, and this felt very normal to me. Yeah, and I'm this. sure it, it probably painted a picture like a, a false reality for you. A, I mean, how could it not? Yeah, it's it's exactly. Um, how many stars do you give this book? How many stars? Um, okay, for indoctrination, because it, this whole book, too, is everywhere she goes, she's telling people about Jesus and telling them how they're making a mistake by not having Jesus in their life. And yet the whole time, her party crowd friends are like, no, um, step back. Like, you're making us feel uncomfortable. Well, you're uncomfortable because you're sinning. No, you're just making us feel uncomfortable because yeah. you right. used to be fun to hang out with because we shared the same interests. And- now you're all about proselytizing to us. And so I'm seeing it from the opposite lens, you know, from the other lens now, because before I really believed that this is what it was like. Right. And that's what um, persecution is. Like this was the epitome of persecution is that she led this wild life and now she gives her life for the Lord and she's being heavily persecuted. So like, this is what I thought awaited me in high school. And I think it really set the stage one for a, a really weird need to have a, a bad boy or a good boy. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It gave me a very distorted view of what love was. Actually, this book has the most accurate depiction of youth group. Um, 
because it talks about girls that like Grady and now since she's dating him, they hate her and no one talks to her and she feels like she's a rebel, but also a good Christian girl and all of that. I think as, as far as depicting what we all believed we were headed for, um, it's accurate, you know? Like this was all in our brain. Right. Think about how dramatic they made us. Right. I can't speak from the male perspective, but I know from the female perspective, that's that's what this was like. Was um, if you do X Y Z, you're gonna get a good boyfriend, and mm. also everybody's gonna hate you. Everybody that doesn't go to church is out to get you and they're out to persecute you. And yeah. you have to stay with those that are in church. Yeah. Period. It, it's no that us, us and them mentality. I mean, and it's how they keep people in the church and it's, it's, it's disgusting. It is painting this yeah. picture. That whole book right there is, is an agenda. It is an agenda of indoctrination. Like, Hey, yeah. Stay away from these types of people. They're just going to make you do bad things. There's even a part where she goes and she visits Neil's grave and she's crying out to God saying, God, it's not fair. I said aloud, let go. I turned around to see who had spoken and I saw no one. God, is that you? I asked softly, let go of Neil. It's time to quit crying and begin to live once again. I remember being that person, right? I remember really truly believing that God was speaking to me when really it was just my subconscious saying it's time to move on, you know, but I would say that it's God. Yeah. In fact, they prove that point right there because if that's, she's using basically the same language as Grady used to her of you need to let him go, let it go. Right. So of course that's Grady creeping back up in her subconscious. See, right. Exactly. There's so many cringy quotes in here. Um, just this, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. It is utterly ridiculous. You've got, just in this one book, you've got the life cycle of a secular teenager according, still according to preachers, right? Like bad girl, boyfriend mm-hmm. dies, becomes a Christian, she still has this duality, right? She wants to hang out with the people that drink and smoke pot. There is mention of dropping acid in here too. Um, Yeah, I know. It would get. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to tell you. You find out at the end that Neil totally cheated on her. Had another long-term girlfriend. Well, sounds like reading the Bible. We had to. We had to make it acceptable (laughs) for her to go to a Christian concert three days after the death of her boyfriend, which she had a part in. Can exactly. I, can I can I speak into this like idea that it it was so indoctrinated into us this whole Genesis two like Adam and Eve fall the whole where the whole like mistrust comes from right like it's us versus them like us in here we know the right way and all of them out there it all stems from this idea of we are all born horrible we're yeah. all born wretched sinners. Um, you know, we're all angry. We're all sinners in the hands of an angry God. Like every human being born is bad. Yep. And I think that that's really where the root of this comes from and where 
this whole like mistrust of anyone who's not here at youth group at seven o'clock, even if they don't, even if they're here every week and they didn't show up this week, oh, well, what are they doing? Like, it's always some sort of like us versus them. Like you're either choosing, you're choosing to live right, or you're just going to naturally sin. And that that's where I think that this whole, that whole framework has to die. I, I love like what Richard Rohr, who uh, is a author who says, no, we have original goodness, like at the core of a human being is goodness. And if we can operate out of that, it could really change like how we operate in every other system in the world. And like, just imagine what youth group would look like if we actually trusted human beings in general, like, but we don't trust human beings inside of that religion, which is why we get the wild teachings and these kinds of books, like, you know, just because of what some, somebody's being a normal teenager, you know, this is normal teenage behavior, (laughs) but all of a sudden it's the worst thing in the world. Right. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, I've, I've shared my story here of being, you know, I got into the church similar to you, Joanna, as a teenager, 14 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, so, if you can remember back to being 14 years old, um, I was an I'll, idiot. I'll I was dumb, to, but it yeah, wasn't I'll, bad. I'll speak to the male experience. Like I felt really, really awful about myself constantly because I st- I was starting to have these desires, right? So the right as I'm starting to have these desires and these impulses as a teenager, I'm also being met with this idea that I am fundamentally bad. And so it fit perfectly. It fit like a glove for me because I'm like, this is my place because I'm feeling right. fundamentally bad. And they're saying they have the answer to this solution and which which made it worse, right? Because then it just compounds that guilt. The guilt just continues to stack because now not am I just like working through just normal teenager. I am now running it through the filter of all of this is the devil trying to destroy my life. And that right there sets the stage. That's the foundation of my whole faith right there was fear. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head when you started talking about that. That jumped me right alive, Joanna, because that's it's so true. Right. Well, like, yeah, go ahead, Stephanie. One of the other things that we did in youth group was we used to play, we would have like weekend conferences or something, but there was ones that were local versus like going away because that's a whole other ball game. And that's what I'm writing a book on, right? Is the indoctrination that happens mm. with week-long camps or weekend type things, but we would go for a weekend. We'd have worship. There'd be some sort of message. And then we would get into a group and the group was decided by an adult. Um, By the way, there were no adults in this group. You just had to be with somebody that could drive already problematic. Right. So (laughs) it's another, yeah. Um, and they were either called like treasure hunts or scavenger hunts. Um, Ro- we call them road rallies or whatever. Bethel was yeah. Bethel is known oh for treasure this, hunt is a Bethel thing, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, but we did these way before anybody knew about Bethel, and it was like a group of four or five of us, and we get in this group and we would pray, and we'd ask God to show us a picture of where we're supposed to go. Somebody would be like Walgreens or whatever, 
So you drive to Walgreens. God, is this the place? No, it's not the place. And he'd show us another place. And eventually you get to this place where he was like, okay, look for a woman wearing a red hat or that sort of thing. We were required to go up to that person after God had showed us this is where we're supposed to be. Because you heard wild stories like God's going to show you a picture, like God showed me a picture of a dude that was doing a handstand on on a crosswalk. And we went up and we shared Jesus and he gave his life to the Lord. But little did we know that he said, okay, God, I'm going to do a handstand at this crosswalk. And if nobody approaches me and talks to me about you, then I'm never following you again. So we're all thinking we're going to have these really cool moments when in fact, none of us did. We approached people and just shoved Jesus down them. You right. need Jesus. What do you need healing from? We'll pray for you right now. You're also asking 15-year-olds, 15, 16-year-olds to go up to full-grown adults. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a big part that is not really talked about much because now as a grown-up, because I did that shit too. I would go up to mm-hmm. people all the time on these little excursions of, hey, we're going to show our faith. We're going to witness. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, not that I don't think that youth have important things to say. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is someone who's been indoctrinated into this culty bullshit at a 15 years old trying to come up, they're not even giving original thought. They're just regurgitating the things that they've been indoctrinated to. I couldn't imagine, like I haven't had it happen as an adult, but <laughs> like I think about what I would do. Sometimes I react poorly in my mind and sometimes I react very graciously <laughs> in my mind, but still it's, it's wild. What a wild yeah. thing. Yeah. And thinking about like putting, putting kids in danger too, I, I remember um, like we, we sent buses of teenagers to like the mall and like all these places the same and like said, go out there and just like today, the message today is you're just going to go out there and witness yep. and then we'll pick you up at this time, you know, and that was it. But like how unsafe we were making kids too, like just dropping you off, <laughs> you know, that's not safe to do. Um, and no wonder we got a lot of emails from parents. You and we know? were going into the heart of San Francisco and taking kids into the heart of San Francisco and witnessing to prostitutes. Like it was, in, we were giving them roses. It's insane. Right. It's very but dangerous. This all comes out of that concept in Proverbs where it says, train up a child in the way so they will not depart. So it's this whole like, well, we have to keep practicing, practice it, practice it. And then I remember just being in staff meetings in church, be like, we have to preach this the gospel to these kids, these like two-year-olds. From that moment on, they need to be hearing the same truthful message over and over and over again so they won't depart from it. But what you're doing is you're just giving them one perspective. And then you're also like, you know, you're glorifying, like when we glorify martyrdom, I think that's a crazy thing to talk about too. This whole DC talk book of, you know, the martyrs book that they put out was such a big deal in youth groups because everyone wanted to be a martyr. Yep. It's like, that's actually kind of gross. Like what if our, what if schools were to hand that book out? We'd be like, people would be pissed and calling for a what? A book ban. (laughs) Would they though? It's crazy. Mm, Maybe not. No, probably not if it's a Jesus book, but. uh, It's just, 
Oh God, this is a hard one for me because going into church at 14, I now have I have a 13-year-old, but he's almost 14. But I'm seeing it from the other side now. And I'm seeing how vulnerable and how little a 14-year-old knows. Like, they don't know much. And and I'm not trying to insult the intelligence of our our youth. No, I don't think so. But they're just learning how to live life in a on a basic level. And yeah. wow, they're so vulnerable. Like everything, I'm watching my 13-year-old, everything matters to, to him. And he's he's having deep thought for the like first time in his life. He's having abstract thought and yeah. able to kind of compute it. These are such vulnerable moments. And then you get thrown into, you can't masturbate. And you can't think about someone that you're attracted to. And you, if you're not praying enough, like, let's just start with pray. If you're you're not praying enough or reading your Bible right there, no one prays enough. No one reads their Bible enough already. Fundamentally, I'm bad. I'm off. I need this. God. The natural, the natural things are bodies. And I have this weird experience of having, experiencing life in a male body for most of my life like Mm. the guilt and shame that we were given of over naturally occurring things in our body you know like just all the tension we would feel even to feel the tension of like having sexual frustration even just being frustrated with sin like because your mind was consumed with lust it's like no like there's there's so much going on inside of me and you're now telling me that I'm a horrible sinner because of these naturally occurring things. It's it's insane. Yeah, which is perfect for indoctrination, right? Because if right. they get you off balance, then it's easier to say, "Here, let me show how you how you balance yourself," right? Like and that's how it's it's so much easier. It's all making more sense to me now the older I get, right? Cuz all of those statistics. You remember hearing like, you know, this large percentage of people will be saved in youth group and then after that the percentage like drastically falls off, right? right. Like, like yeah. 4% of people become Christians after the their high school years or something some crazy number like that. Yeah, I remember that stat. Um <clears throat> you know, and so like you have all of these like I lost my, I totally lost my thoughts. So sorry. I just, um, well, yeah, but that becomes a fear too, is you put that into the kids of the youth ministry. You don't want to be that, whatever, that, whatever percent, you know? Right. Um, and the devil's coming to get you, but they've already been thinking their head. This is all bullshit. My parents make me come here, but you're telling me this whole time that I'm going to burn in hell. So like there becomes this like quiet, even if you become an atheist later, people's people are dealing with, the spiritual trauma of what this like person that they trusted in their church was the only yeah. cool person they knew. Maybe their youth pastor, you know, is a church full of old, you know, white haired women who they can't, they can't stand. But now the one person that they kind of relate with is telling them that they're horrible and mm-hmm. they had, they, you know, they become the statistic, even though they're like, I don't, I reject it, but here I am. I, there's that spiritual trauma that lives in the back of our minds. Yeah. Well, and even just the idea that when you do go, if your parents don't go with you, they vilify your parents. You can't trust your parents. 
You can only trust your youth pastor. You can only trust the pastors at the church or your youth leader or whatever. And they so they so slowly say that, right? They say it in the nuances that anybody that doesn't go to church is bad. Anybody that doesn't do this is bad. And so you have teens that go to youth group, but then come home and defy their parents because they're not Christian. And it causes the house, it causes so much turmoil in the home. And you're ripping kids from their parents, from their kids. And this is all so that they can propel the next generation for Jesus. They start at that level because if they can defy their parents, if they can say no to their parents, and because the Bible says that following Jesus will tear apart families. Yep, exactly. And so it's just affirmation. Yeah, I came to put brother against brother. Yeah. Yeah. So... A sword. And... Yeah. No, this whole, I, I play, I fell victim to this because I so believed as a young kid in the, like a senior, I was a senior in high school when I like really came into mega church, but I was so convinced that what the church was teaching me was more trustworthy than what my parents had to say to me because they did, they, they separated us in a sense, like. It, it it's classic, you know, predatory behavior, separate them from the unbeliever so that we can control. And that's what it was like. So if, if you're, if an unbeliever was your mom or your dad, like, well, screw them. Like they have advice for me about what I should, they, they wanted me to finish college. My pastor said I didn't need to, so I'm going to drop out. And that's what I did. Yeah. Like, that's the crap that happens is that they separate you from the non-believer so that they can manipulate your thoughts. Yeah. And exactly. that is abuse. It is abuse. And that's how abusers abuse people mentally. Right. Um, and I, I want to steer it in this direction of how the indoctrination of youth, how that gets us to where we are today. Because we, we are the generation that was supposed to take over this country. Yeah. And claim it for Jesus. That's the three of us right here. And yeah. it's been a really big deal for me on my social media to start to tell stories, little stories, right? Of what it was like growing up as a nationalist hmm. and then making sure that, you know, like on um, threads, for instance, I try to say things like this and say, this is nationalism or um, listen to us or something like that, because the only way that we are going to defeat Christian nationalism is going to be for people to listen to us. And it's counter to what they want to do because we are the, I mean, I have my college degree, but we're the uneducated. We're the ones that, we're stuck in church, that we're in this cult, that we're indoctrinated. And people want to listen to others that have PhDs or master's degrees in theology or not in theology, in philosophy or something, right? They want to listen to that. And the problem is, is they're not listening to us, the ones that escaped it, the ones that know how 
the ones that know how they were indoctrinated, know how to indoctrinate others, and were designed to take over. And I try to explain to people, the the fundamentalist evangelical movement is actually not that complex. They make it look like it is, but it's not. It just takes enough of us willing to talk and willing to be louder than them to to essentially poke holes in all of all the stuff. The, the holes are actually already there. They just need to be ripped wide open. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think this would be a really great place to, you know, just to start off the, um, you know, the next episode um, to continue the conversation because um, yeah. Like I said, we're moving into an election year and indoctrination is something that we need to be talking about because it's what will drive this next election. Yeah. yeah. And, and it already is. We saw in uh, in America, if you're listening to this in America, the Iowa caucuses just happened. Yep. And the number one driver of electing Donald Trump in Iowa was evangelicals. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to think that if you listen to any of the rhetoric being said, the alignment with evangelical ideology and fascism is striking and it is scary and we have to talk about it. Yeah. So also bit of an announcement with Joanna starting her master's, she's in a really complex condensed <laughs> master's program. And Joshua's work picking up, and then I am going to start really having to pick up writing for for my book. So we are guess, we're going to be doing biweekly. We understand that is not weekly, and we are sorry. Getting going to the by. Point. We want to be able to offer you something that's consistent. And yeah. if we're doing every week, we are starting to see that it's not consistent because we're just so swamped. So we're going to go with every other week still same great ridiculous content that at least we think is funny because we laugh at ourselves we're again we're so thankful for each and every one of you and we appreciate you so much if you are part of our patreon then the show doesn't end here because i think that we can come up with the maybe one more wap song real quick that yeah. that we would have that we would have sang in uh, in youth group. That's yeah. utterly ridiculous. I I, I do want to say this for listeners of the show that you know if you're if you're like listening, oh, I'm bummed out. We're going biweekly. Actually, between the three of us, there's a lot of other content that we make individually as well outside yes. of here that you can you can listen to and and consume like on that off week. So trust me, there's definitely plenty of content, and uh, we'd love we would love to have you jump over to those channels too and check those out. Yeah. So with that, nuns, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you, and uh, happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. All right. Yeah, whatever. Happy New Year. (laughs) That's it.